CITR 101.9 FM. This is the Ink Stud Show, the radio show where we talk about, I guess we talk about comics. Uh, today's guests are Chris Butcher and Peter Burkmo. Did I get it right? You did. Excellent. And uh, they're both here to join me for a chat about the upcoming Toronto Comic Art Festival, which will be May 9th and 10th at the Toronto Resource Library. Reference Library, yeah. Reference, reference Library. There we go. Um, and it looks like a swell affair. Uh, both these gentlemen um, have been working, I guess, exceptionally hard and setting it up. And um, it makes me proud to be a Canadian to see an event like this. Oh, thank you very much. That's, uh, that's nice of you to say. It's Well, you know, it, it has a Canadian feel to it. I feel like it's some kind of like international summit of cartoonists in some ways. Um, that's what we wanted to go for, actually. We wanted to pattern it after more of a... Uh of an international festival. I've actually, I've never been to one. Uh, I've just heard it described in glowing terms. Peter's more the world traveler who had, uh, who had been uh, to Europe and seen how they do things there. But the, uh, had, the start of the show happened after, uh, on a trip on the way back from uh, a, a U.S. show, actually, and I was saying, you know, we could do it. We could do this. This isn't that hard. And uh, <laughs> Toronto's a nicer place to visit than Bethesda. So uh, it, it came together pretty naturally after coming to that realization. Well, that's just the thing. The Bethesda feels like it's kind of a... SPX is a nice festival, but Bethesda's kind of like an armpit city. Uh, yeah. People who know Toronto, it'd be like saying you have, you're having a show in Toronto and then holding it in Brampton. Like, <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's, uh, it, that's a Brampton slam. I grew up in Brampton, so uh, F Brampton. Uh, anyway, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> or the, the Vancouver equivalent would be Surrey. Uh, yeah. We, yeah. Which we all have our equivalent. Yeah. And uh, Angoulême, uh, as a, except for that weekend, is not much of a place to visit either. So. <laughs> Other than that, it's a sleepy little uh, medieval village. Uh, yes, yes. Which uh, got, uh, got the festival because uh, the mayor was uh, the president's brother-in-law at the time of its founding 30 years ago. It's like... The government is going to put a lot of money into founding a comics festival. I'll give it to my brother-in-law. <laughs> oh, you got to love nepotism. Yeah. Uh, that's actually worked out really well for them. Good for them. <laughs> <laughs> Mazel tov. Mazel tov. Now, this is the fourth incarnation. Am yeah, I right? we, uh, we started the festival in 2003, and we've been doing it every two years since then. Uh, just because uh, in our day jobs, we uh, Peter's the owner, and I'm the manager of the, the Big Island uh, in Toronto. The comic book and graphic novel store. Canada's Canada's finest, as we like to call it. And I will not argue that point. Uh, oh, well, well, thank you very much. I haven't been there, but I've heard good things. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're we're going to have you out. I hope for for TCAP this year. So yeah, that'd be great if you could uh, come and, and report back. Hopefully, we uh, we live up to the hype. Uh, oh, I'm planning on uh, checking it out. I've heard uh, wonderful things, and I always love uh, buying art. And the selection you have on the website is quite a uh, spectacular. So. Oh, thanks. Uh, yeah, it's it's been it's been amazing, but. Yeah, no, we, we planned the first one uh, in 2003, and, like, I think it ended up being five, four and a half months, uh, which was kind of nuts. And then uh, Peter said to me, hey, why don't we do the next one in a couple of years? Yeah. Uh, as opposed to, you know, eight months later, because that one kind of wore us out. Uh, we learned a lot, though. It was good. Good stuff. Well, what's the choice of doing it biannually? Other than, is it just the workload, like, taking in everything else that you're doing at the same time? Workload's a big part of it, uh, having it be something uh, special and that cannot be missed because it's not coming up again that quite that quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's another factor that's worked in. Um, it, we've gone back and forth on it almost every year as to uh, how, frequent, uh, how frequent this thing should be, when the next one will be, and, uh, 
uh, it's something that's get, that gets debated each time. We've moved around on the calendar a lot. Uh, the first one was in at the end of March, and uh, it snowed the week before, and it snowed the week after, which is something that's <laughs> hard, to, hard to explain to an American that it's snowing in March. Uh, in your, uh, luckily, Las Vegas had slow snow this year, so they're at least getting it. But uh, so the next one was in May, and uh, that was a little bit better actually. It was it was nicer weather, and except for the rain. And so uh, for 2007, we moved it to uh, August, and uh, it was kind of. Hot. Not perfect, but yeah. Well, actually, you know what? The way it was set up, we we ended up with really temperate weather. We were Peter and I were just saying afterwards, like the week before and the week after again, it was like forty degrees, which I I don't know what that is in American, but it's friggin' hot. It's yeah, it's disgustingly hot. That's and, why I live uh, in Vancouver. Got, it was cool and breezy and lovely, and it didn't rain this year. And uh, so we decided we uh, the fates were on our side. We can move back to May again and uh, and take our chances. Well, I'm uh, I'm personally happy with May because it's a nice spot i mean there's all there's too much other stuff happening in the summer so i like to you know not a do big this. factor with planning a festival also ends up being that uh a lot of other schedules uh end up being more important than your own but yeah. uh, publishers release dates uh when other bigger events like uh, book expo america or uh, the rubin awards uh, take place uh so we've had to realize that uh, it's not just our whim uh picking a <laughs> date but uh, uh Strategic, careful planning. Yes, and we've actually uh, we've we started off as a real like hardcore artists fair for the first couple of festivals. We actually didn't let publishers set up at all. We mm-hmm. only we only had uh, artists come and represent themselves, and it was something that a lot of a lot of publishers in comics didn't really understand, and then a lot of publishers outside of or coming outside of the comics industry didn't quite don't quite understand the comic book convention thing at all like they, they understand author book signings but they don't get like getting a bunch of authors together to sign at the same time so working with our publishing you know partners working with artists over the years we learned that some artists you know really don't want to set up and, and sign at a table for two days they just want to <laughs> come in and drop in for a signing and have their publisher do the heavy lifting and so we've worked we started working closer more, more closely with the publishers and they've been like hey we you know we do things a certain way and if you can if you can move the festival in that direction or this direction that that will work out better for us and long run better for you and that's that's what we found anyway and it's a specific choice of publishers too right like we're not going to see a big image display um you know and that's we're not going to see big image displays i don't think image has got it together to do a big image display at a show like us like i don't think image understands anything but a superhero comic convention and that's no offense to the people at image i actually have some friends there but mm-hmm. you know like they're, they're, they don't get it uh they don't get the value in it either uh which is kind of unfortunate but a number of the guys that are showing up have published books through Image and have published stories through Image. I, I've published stuff through Image, so <laughs> like, like, I think it's just a matter of publishers who are participating get the value of doing something that isn't a big commercial show, that isn't a big show that's in a convention center. Like, like you said, we're at the we're at the Toronto Reference Library this year, which is this great big old like like public building, and we're doing it in a way that really tries to interact with with the public uh, and and not just comics. You know, aficionados. Although we'll get lots of those as well. So you, you come to someone like a Marvel or a DC or some of the books that Image publishes, or even Dark Horse, and say, "This is what we want to do," and they they don't see the value because they they really sell into the the, the sort of existing architecture. They sell into the comic book conventions. They don't sell into the general public. The, the general public doesn't have a way into their work usually. Well, then, that's the, the, sorry. That, that's also been a lot of our the way we've defined the festival and determined what it's going to be all the way along has often been 
in opposition to. And this is true both with the beguiling and with the festivals. It's like, oh, let's look at what other comic shops are doing and not do that. Mm-hmm. Or let's look what a comic book, what is a comic book convention and try to work out something that is very different. And, uh, but, I mean, it, our choice of what then ends up being the focus, the books that we like, the the cartoonists that we're inviting, at one point that would have been something that was underrepresented, that you would, uh, that was not getting the play at a, at, in a public forum like a convention. We do, we set up a, something as a festival directly, you know, choosing a name specifically in opposition to that and a framework in opposition to that. But then, you know, for uh, iterations along several years later, the work that we're focusing on ends up being the work that the greater public is more interested in anyhow. So it's, it's kind of worked out. And, and by that, you mean there's a change in public interest in the work that you're interested in? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Public awareness. And, yeah. you know, I guess we would have felt all along that these are the type of comics that the average reader, that the, the man off the street uh, is going to find more interesting. And it turns out that once the man on the street has had those books put in front of them, that that's <laughs> the case. Thus, being in a library to increase accessibility. Um, yeah, uh, that's actually been a, a big part. Is last year we were in a uh, university building, and because it was the summer, school was out, so we got to sort of have our run of the building. And uh, it was really good. It was actually our most sort of central location yet. But the library, the, the reference library, is like a five-floor open atrium library that you know can accommodate thousands and thousands of people. It's it's got way more personality than a convention center or, or a hotel, for that matter. And it really drives home the idea that the festival is free to the public, which we've had trouble getting across in previous years. You know, no matter how many times it's mentioned in advertising or any of the promo we do, up to the day of, it's like call after call. How do I get tickets? How do I get tickets? <laughs> you know, and uh, it's like, it's in the library. That's the, it, it's free, you know, and this really helps us get across the fact that, you know, we don't want any barriers to entry. Uh, for anybody who is interested in this material. For people that are listening that uh, may be more familiar with book fairs, would this be like kind of comparable to, say, something like Word on the Street? Uh, I don't know how they do it in Toronto. It would be closer to something like Word on the Street than to, um, San Diego. Than to a comic book convention, but it also has a, it's a little bit different in that it's more curated. We, mm-hmm. We've tried to... to approach people and invite guests as opposed to having a having just sort of an open call for all those who want to come and exhibit to exhibit and thus we've sort of structured it it's a little more structured and that's that that's actually something i'm interested in seeing is because one thing that really bugs me about the whole convention mentality is you go to these these conventions and it's all pretty much the exact same thing you know, a couple of new books, but for the most part, it's just kind of a recycling of stuff. And I'm really excited about seeing what people are doing, seeing the new stuff, but another part, it's just more of the exact same aesthetic. So I'm interested to see how you're going to be bringing in this different kind of concept of kind of, I guess it's like interaction with art. Is that? Uh, it, it's something we've, I've, I've always kept in the back of my mind what I'm planning at the, the festival. I've got this master Excel file that's got everyone's names and and their work and, and where they want to sit and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and one of the columns I've got next to everybody's name is, is this their first time at the festival or are they a returning guest? And, uh, you know, every year we've managed to get that number of, is this person new to TCAF and new to Toronto and going to bring something new to the festival? That number's usually at about 50% every year. Um, we're always trying to bring in new cartoonists. We're always trying to broaden our reach. And we're always trying to, you know, like really engage people 
in a different way than set up a book and, and set up a, at your table space and, and talk with people. Although, to be honest, uh, that's, that's, <laughs> that's how they make money. Event is. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we, we, we partner with other events and, and things like that. And, you know, we want to keep a, a core through because we're every two years. Uh, it's important for us. It's important for people to go, oh, that's the show that, that Seth's going to be at. Because Seth's there, you know, he's always got something new. He's been an amazing supporter of the festival. He's a great cartoonist. And, you know, he's, he said, I really like what, you know, what TCAF is. I like being a part of it. And he, and he keeps coming out for it. And, you know, that's, that consistency keeps, keeps people and, and it sort of brands people. And, like, that's, that's the Canadian show. That's where the Canadian cartoons go. Uh, but at the same time, every, people who are coming every year, like, it's totally different every mm-hmm. time. Well, um, it's also the only convention you'll ever see. Well, I don't want to say convention, but, you know, type of thing where you see Chester Brown, too. Yeah. Or, and, or I think Dean Q's got 11 cartoonists coming this year. This is their biggest show they've maybe ever done. Uh, just because of the way it worked out with their fall schedule and so many cartoonists being in the Toronto area. And to be honest, so many of the cartoonists wanting to come and be a part of the show. <laughs> kind, of, kind of amazing, uh, actually. We were really we were really psyched about that. Well, let's jump into some of the folks who can be there, because I'm really excited about seeing Tatsumi. Yeah. I mean, not that I'll be able to say anything to him, but I'll be able to go, you know, You've got two weeks to up in your awe. Japanese, man. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how well I do with that. <laughs> Uh, we we saw it uh, when he was a guest at San Diego that he is totally able to interact with the people who admire his work and uh, really appreciate the response he was getting uh, because it was uh, and it, I think he was uh, he was very pleasantly surprised at how people in North America you know reacted to the work and that there were so many people that wanted to you know even if it's just like shake the hand uh, get the book signed and uh, there there's a uh, you know. Often that's all the interaction you're getting at a book signing, regardless of yep. whether you share a comic <laughs> or not. But yeah. uh, it, it, it did seem to mean something to both parties. So. Oh, yeah. And that, actually, uh, I was lucky to be there in San Diego and met Tatsumi and, uh, and Mr. Tatsumi, sorry. And uh, he's just, he, he, his work is, uh, is amazing. And you'd think it wouldn't be accessible. Like, it's, it's very Japanese and it's about a very specific time period in Japan, but, I mean, there's the themes there, everyone, you know, whenever I talk to people, who are you most excited about meeting me? It's, it's, it's Mr. Tetsumi or, or uh, Emmanuel Guibert, uh, as yeah. well, this is his first time, and it's, uh, you know, I had a great conversation with Mr. Tetsumi, where maybe 25 words were spoken between the two of us, but, uh, like, I felt like I really got to, you know, thank him for the work, and, and, and let him know how much I appreciated it, and he did an amazing sketch in my book, so, I, I will treasure that for always. I'm, I'm bringing my copy of A Drifting Life. Oh, that's uh, that's great. Have you, you have you finished it yet? I'm saving it for the airplane. <laughs> good call. <laughs> I've got a five hour flight. I think that'll be a, a good a good one to have. Well, we were already very thrilled to have him coming, uh, and then to in the weeks leading up to it, have uh, both uh, the glowing praise in the New York Times uh, uh, and the Tezuka Award land. Uh, that uh, ubiquitous timing. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that. Uh, that did very well for by us as well as him. And it's so rare. I don't think people really... I think it's very difficult for people to understand how close this is. the English edition is being published to the Japanese version, where the Japanese version, I think, dropped just just at the end of calendar year 2008, and we're getting it, you know, four months later, three, three months later, actually. And normally and, it's years and years, right? Yeah, and so he's eligible for all these 2009 prizes. So this is, I think the Tezuka Award is, is incredibly prestigious and has definitely put the book on the radar of a lot of North American manga fans who, to be honest, generally don't care about <laughs> good work uh, or about, about uh, artwork. I, I, don't, I don't know how to, 
how to phrase it to not be a jerk. I like Naruto just like everybody else, but I mean, there's there's a different thing going on with with Mr. Tetsumi's work. Well, I see, and I'm the I'm the exact opposite. Where I could care less about manga. I'll I'll be blunt and honest. It really doesn't do anything for me. But his work, there's such a a sheer honesty to it, and it's such a powerful storytelling that he just there's something in there that he's pushing out that only he can express. Uh, I I agree. I I think and I think uh, it makes him an interesting fit as a Japanese cartoonist because that type of uh, a type of biography, an autobiography, uh, you don't really see a ton of it in Japan, like even in Japan. I think his work is is really unique, and I think the Tezuka Award for Mr. Tetsumi and for for Drifting Life really speaks to that. Is that he's done something remarkable with his work that even even by Japanese standards is is you know head and shoulders above a lot of what's coming out. I think it's important. I think it's really good. And I've noticed that in, in some of the manga I've read where they're, they're touching on the topics, but they don't insert themselves as so personally. Like I was reading, I think, Apollo's song where he uses a lot of, uh, Tezuki uses a lot of concepts and stuff to kind of portray his message, but he doesn't put himself in there as a central figure the way uh, uh, Mr. Tetsumi's kind of involved himself in media. So His insertion tends to be a lot more in the Hitchcock manner. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The auteur. Um now, the other one you're talking about uh, is Emmanuel uh, Guibert, who uh, I saw the photographer. Um, my friend has it right now. I'm just waiting until he reads it so I can read it. And we're going to actually do an interview with him, uh, which oh, will excellent. air a couple days before the festival. Uh, I, Cope's War was fantastic. And tell me about getting uh, someone like him to come to the festival. We've been working on doing events with French guests in, in Canada for a long time. Uh, I mean, we've had through a variety of means, a number of big names we've had uh, at the store or the festival. We've had everything from very uh, sort of arts-oriented cartoonists like Edmond Baudouin through to very mainstream artists like Jodorowsky or uh, Bilal. <laughs> and, you know, like the, the whole yeah. spectrum, uh, a very successful event with Safar. And now... When did you have Safar? Uh, when uh, Rabbi's Cat uh, was being released. The we had him one? on one of his... I think he did uh, four U.S. cities in five days, uh, four North American cities in five days, who we squeaked in there. As, uh, and uh, he, we did an onstage interview with him. That was he, he's a very engaging person uh, and a great interview. So uh, he, uh, and a man with a lot to say. Yeah, no, I've heard kind of nothing about but how much stuff. he produces. <laughs> Hundreds. Um, and we actually just had, uh, don't, don't forget David B. We just had David B. We just did an mm-hmm. event with David B. and Igor. So, We've tried to work as much as possible with the various consulates from countries around the world to uh, do what we can to to bring these authors in to promote their work. And so this year, you know, Emmanuel Guibert is a a totally obvious choice. There's so many different entry points from sardine in space right up to the photographer. The audience is huge, and those Mm -hmm. are really starting to gather some momentum. But we've also got two other uh, French cartoonists whose audience is not yet even remotely tapped in North America, François Hérault and uh, Florent Rupert, uh, of uh, the duo Rupert and Mouveau, who I guess people have really only seen in uh, a few pages in Kramer's Ergot. So their work is largely unknown to uh, a Western audience, but mm-hmm. uh, hopefully we'll do a little bit to change that. I, I was looking at the, the stuff online. I'm totally not familiar with their work, but I'm excited to... Uh to see some of well, it. We're actually, we're doing our part, uh, other than just exposing uh, them to, uh, to North American artists, we're at, or audiences, sorry, we're, um, through the beguiling, we're actually going to publish our first project ever, a book of, uh, 
of, of cartoons uh, by one of the creators. François Ayala did a book, uh, a couple of little chapbooks in France of uh, key moments from the history of comics. Oh, wow. And uh, uh, a wonderfully sly, uh, uh, and almost oblique sense of humor, uh, and uh, very difficult uh, to translate the entirety of this work because a lot of it refers to obscure biographical details that, uh, of cartoonists that people have no familiarity with their work. But out of the two books, we were able to get uh, 40-some cartoons that uh, I think most people will be able to get and uh, make it one nice little chapbook for, uh, for North American audiences. And that'll be at TCAF. That is uh, uh, debuting at the festival. Yeah, um, and uh, Airola is, is a member of the UBAPA. Uh, is that, am I saying that right, Peter? UBAPO. UBAPO uh, uh, organization, the, the comics formalists that uh, people like Matt Madden here in North America uh, sort of belong to. And, you know, he's, he's done some amazing work with the form of comics, and so I think even with the French language stuff that's going to be on hand, we're going to have a lot of his books available for sale. Uh, here at the or at the festival, so that people who are just discovering him will be able to go. Oh, you know. And although most, to be honest, most of them will be in French. Uh, <laughs> time to dredge up what you remember from high school and make a stab, take a stab at it. Well. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it, it'll be it'll be great. And we actually um, just at the last minute have added another. It's not even up on the website yet. Uh, added another French guest uh, who heard about the festival and just really wanted to come. <laughs> uh, his name's uh, Antoine Daudet. He's done uh, three albums. Uh, like quick order some books. Quick order some books. He's, he's coming, and uh, you know it's just like uh, he heard that uh, the festival was going on, and he, he had a place to stay, and so he decided to come to Toronto, and we're going to make him sign some books and, and be on a couple panels, and it'll be it'll be fantastic. Like like that's and that's to be honest, kind of how kind of how it all came together for for Mr. Mr. Roll and uh, Mr. Pair as well. It's just that they're great cartoonists who, who were in the area and said this sounds like something really great, something I'd like to be a part of, and we're incredibly grateful for that. Um, and, and actually, Guy Bear, I didn't want to mention, he was our first confirmed guest, I think, for, 2000, uh, for 2009. Uh, we, had been, we knew what the schedule was going to be for his releases, and, and we'd seen Alan's War. And we'd had Alan's War in French for, for a couple of years before that, too, I think. Yeah, it was, it was two books, right? Uh, three. Three, okay. And uh, when it was finally released, it was just like, this is a guy. This is, this is a guy that's, that's a guest of ours. This is a guy that we should try and work to get. And, and you know, props to... Uh, uh, our friends at First Second Comics, they uh, or First Second Publishing Books, uh, they uh, they really went uh, <laughs> above and beyond to make this happen. And uh, well, he's doing a whole month long tour. Too. Yeah, it was us. And then yeah, we got a, we got a call in uh, in September. It's like, yeah, would it be good if would it be okay if Guy Bear did other stuff in New York before he came to Toronto? <laughs> and we're we gonna say no. So yeah, he's he's gonna spend the next week and a half making two weeks making his appearance at TCAF, sort of the culmination of his trip to North America. I can't really complain. Uh, no. It's pretty amazing. Uh, there's actually, if people are listening live, there's an event uh, happening in New York tonight, an, uh, a gallery showing of his work from the photographer. Uh, you can find info on in the For Second website. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely check that out if you're in the New York area. It's, it's, uh, it's going to be a pretty amazing show. I'm, I regret not being able to go. Well, one of the fascinating things he's doing with this tour that is uh, I got info. I'm not going to do it, but there's a chance you could interview... Uh, someone from uh, Doctors Without Borders to talk about the work in the photographer too. Um, we're actually uh, we're participating in an event about that. Uh, we um, because the photographer uh, actually. Could you want to explain a little bit of the photographer to people who don't? don't well, know yeah, the, yeah, the photographer. Uh, I have not seen a copy of the English edition, but the French editions hold a warm place in my heart. Uh, it's, his, it's beautiful. He has a pretty uh, incredible ability to capture anatomy and gestural. Uh, 
uh, and gesture with his drawings, and there's a sense that you, uh, in looking at it, that you, there's, a, there's a, an element of uh, photorealism, even to a sort of simple, elegant drawing, and it really meshes nicely with the style in this case, because he's telling the story of a photographer who went to Afghanistan during the Soviet occupation with Doctors Without Borders, and it intersperses almost 50-50, I would say, this man's actual photographs from the trip with his drawings mm-hmm. of the story of him going to Afghanistan and uh, over several trips. Uh, it's incredibly, uh, uh, it, it's you know, it's incredibly timely with uh, what's happening there now, and uh, exactly the type of work that we see sort of break out of the the world of comics and graphic novels to greater uh, to a greater audience. And it's ginormous. Uh, that book is huge. Uh, I couldn't believe when uh, when I when I got my copy that it was like it's it's twice the size of a regular. Uh, like like in physical dimensions, uh, height and width of a regular first second book. So mm-hmm. I think you height, width, and thickness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a it's a big book. It's um, an... I did want to. Uh, I was actually just looking it up. We're actually doing an event with Emmanuel and uh, and Doctors Without Borders um, uh, here in Toronto in the lead up to TCAF. We have like a whole week of events. That's um, part of the the great thing about the doing the festival in the way that we are is that we really try to partner with other organizations to mm-hmm. uh, to make the scope larger to reach a larger audience. So obviously we are partnering with the library to host it at the reference library, but we're also partnering with the Toronto Public Library to do uh, an event in North York and have under their, more under their programming umbrella something that gears less to the comics crowd but more to you know, the, the crowd that would be interested in something with the Doctors Without Borders people and featuring the book, obviously, as well. And uh, uh, we're also, for example, in this sort of way that we partner with other organizations doing uh, uh, our uh, Friday night events with uh, Tatsumi, Adrian, and Seth, Adrian Tamina and Seth at uh, the Harborfront Center. So that's a big arts organization that puts on the uh, International Festival, for, uh, Festival of Authors in this fall. And so having them uh, co-present that event is another way we reach an even larger audience. And that's going to have, uh, that's going to be a bit of an art show as well, I understand. Uh, there's also an art show uh, debuting that evening, and part of that uh, incorporates some of the artwork by a cartoonist. Like uh, Jillian Tamaki will have some stuff, and Jeff Lemire, and yes. all sorts of other folks. It's actually, uh, we've just confirmed, it's definitely going to include, uh, at least so far as uh, everything's been planned, uh, originals by uh, Tatsumi. Uh, they're going to be hanging in the show, which would be really, really exciting. It's, it's mostly about the process of different cartoonists and, and how the book is together. And so the, the Tetsumi exhibit, for example, is going to be about how the book was drawn and, and how it was uh, translated and, and, and flipped and, and, and worked into uh, what a North American artist, what a North American uh, consumer would end up with in their hands. Yeah, uh, it, it, should be, it should be great. And then, you know, the originals from Adrian uh, Tomine and... And uh, Emmanuel Guibert is going to have uh, a small installation. It should be really good. Like, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're trying to, um, we want people to come for the event, but we also want people to come for the, the gallery show opening. And, and it's, you know, doing stuff in the gallery world, and we've done a little bit of that this year uh, by partnering with a gallery, uh, Magic Pony, here in Toronto, with, for Tara McPherson. Yeah. Um, we're, we're doing a gallery show there. So we're really trying to show comics in lots of different lights, in, in sort of a reading book context or in a gallery context or uh, available to the library or through Doctors of the Borders and, and how they attack, address social issues. There's no, you know, there's no one way to present a comic book and that's, uh, or, or comics as a medium. And that's really, really what we've tried to, uh, to stress over since 2003 is that it's not just about 
the book fair model, or not just about the comic book convention model, but it could be all kinds of things. Well, the whole I'm really excited about the the notion of, of showing stuff in process because we had a show here last year. You probably heard about the Crazy Show. Yes, and the parts were great. Parts were boring. I'll be blunt. Um, really interesting parts were like uh, Seth would have process of how he was working on one of his projects. Um, same with Kevin Heisenga, uh, his uh, Jeepers Creepers. Jeepers Jeepers Jacobs. Jeepers Jacobs. There we go. Uh, Like he had sketchbook stuff from there. And that was really interesting, seeing that process and seeing how it got from point A to point B to point C. And for folks that wouldn't normally be familiar to that, would see how much work had gone into making this comic instead of it just being one guy slapping it up on a piece of paper and throwing it up on the wall. That's the the plan. Uh, We're hoping to work. Yeah, Tatsumis is going to focus on more of the process of turning his, his Japanese work into a North American book. But, uh, yeah, like, I know that Julian and Mario, uh, Mariko Tamaki's uh, skim, we're going to show the process of that from, like, like the original sketchbook is going to be a part of the exhibit all the way up to final pages and every sort of step in between. It should be, if, if you're a process junkie, like a lot of my <laughs> friends are, this is going to be a cool, cool way to look at these eight artists. Another, uh, I mean, you mentioned the crazy uh, show, and, uh, I mean, part of the, part of the problem with a show uh, like that is the, just a matter of scale, that... You know, it it is so encompassing that someone who's going to be interested in one part, like uh, we, the three of us, would likely be gravitating to the type of things you mentioned. Yeah. But there's there's going to be a huge part of the show that doesn't really do it for us. And like the video game room. Yeah. For example, <laughs> uh, I tried to go to the video game room. I'm sorry. <laughs> they did but, have. You could play Mario Brothers there. Uh, for the for. The Toronto Comic Arts Festival is sort of like keeping that focus has been something that we have had to concentrate on because there, you know, there, uh, there there are all sorts of offers offers from people who's like, hey, I want to do my, you know, I want to come and do this or do that. Oh, but obviously we do want to have a certain cohesiveness to uh, to what we're putting forth. Well, it's a it's a vision, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but uh, it's a it's a very it's a very broad vision, like. As long as everything, everyone's walking in the same direction, they don't have to be walking in lockstep. So uh, <laughs> you know, we're, doing a, we're doing a puppet show. It does. Uh, John uh, Megius, who does Paping, uh, which is a zine, uh, he's also a teacher in Brooklyn, and he's got a puppet show about being a teacher in Brooklyn that he's adapted from his, his zines, for example. So, like, that's pretty weird. Uh, <laughs> but, but sounds awesome. But it sounds awesome. Like, he's going to do a puppet show adaptation of his comic book about being a teacher who works with children because he works in comics. Like, it's it's... You know, like, that is not, you couldn't look at our website and go, oh, yeah, they're going to do puppet shows uh, based on what we talk about for the show. But when you see it in context, like, it's definitely there. And that's just one of, uh, you know, one of the cool things that we're going to really try and do. Well, tell me, you you're, you mentioned in an email that you're doing, like, specialized programming stuff. Uh, one part is the the Owl Kids, and another part you're doing, like, a academic section, I guess? Yeah, that's actually uh, that's actually really interesting. We're, um, well, we, we're... We get approached to do, because we run the Beguiling, I'm, I don't like to brag about this kind of thing, but we do probably 30 events a year at this point between mm-hmm. book launches and screenings and partnership events and, and setting up other stuff. So sometimes we get uh, approached to participate in things that we just, you know, we either can't do or we're not the right fit for, or it's not the right time for. And uh, one of those, uh, one of those, those things is uh, there's, a, there's a, the University of Toronto's English department um, does graphic novels as 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 coursework now? Uh, they have a couple of classes on graphic novels. That's right, Peter. Yeah, yeah. And um, the gentleman who teaches that has also in the past done a uh, sort of stream of 
standalone academic programming for for academics around around North America, around the world, really, to come and present papers on you know comics and graphic novel research. The the academy uh, comes and sets up and, and debates the merits of you know whatever. Uh, it's usually really interesting, and uh, the first one went off and it, and it was very positively received. And when it came time to do the second one, um, we suggested maybe streaming it in and making it a part of TCAF somehow, because, you know, the academic program was open to the public, but finding a way to promote it to the public you know, <laughs> event is, a, is a difficult yeah. difficult thing. Like, everyone gets that Seth is the keynote speaker and might want to go see Seth talk, but to see, a, you know, an hour-long dissertation on your paper about, you know, golden age or pre-golden age newspaper strips is like, yeah, it's, it's a little diff- bit of a difficult sell. But within, you know, while, while we have all these people in town for TCAF, you're going to find... Uh, a, a critical mass to attend mm-hmm. your event and to to offer feedback and to offer new perspectives. And so, Saturday of the of the festival, there's going to be a complete stream of academic programming and uh, and paper presentations. Uh, Sunday at the festival is going to be Owl Kids Day, and uh, we're just just finalizing the programming for that as well. So, you know, we're going to actually have a sort of a section of the festival off off to the side, so that if it's too loud, it won't really bother everybody else. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know where. If you're if you're if you've got kids, you've got families, you can come in and there'll be stuff to do all day. There'll be crafts, there'll be, you know, drawing presentations for kids, there'll be book readings and you know, like stuff aimed at families and because again, it's it's a different audience and, and then there's gonna be two or three other things. There's gonna be like a whole digital uh we're just sort of announcing this now, I guess, because none of it's up on the uh none of it's public yet, but there's gonna be like a digital stream of programming where we have more web comics and digital artists, uh creators coming to TCAF than I think anything other than San Diego, like uh, it's that nice. We're close enough and we're cheap enough that it, it kind of makes sense. Uh, so we're gonna have a lot of people do, talking about you know digital comics and the future of comics mm-hmm. online and stuff like that. Uh, and so there'll be a whole stream of that kind of programming for people to hit, and then you know some stuff for teachers and librarians as well. So it's it's ambitious for sure, and and that's why it hasn't been announced yet because it's lots of making sure everyone's there in the right place at the right time. But you know it's definitely there, and uh, I think that. I think there'll be something for everyone. I think that the quicker we can let people know about it, the better. So I got to get uh, after I'm done with this phone call. It's <laughs> I'm working on. Uh, but uh, yeah, it should be. Uh, I think that I think there'll be something for everyone, and there'll be something for everyone on both days too. Um, that you don't have to just say which day am I going to go and which day am I going to spend in Toronto. Uh, come come to the festival both days and then spend Friday or Monday in Toronto. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'll, I'll be there for a week. Excellent. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm really interested by the academic stuff. I had uh, Jeet here and uh, Kent Worcester on uh, a couple of weeks ago, or actually last week, and we're, it was an hour and a half of specifically academics in comics and stuff conversation. So. Yeah, that was a good po- podcast, actually. Uh, Jeet's definitely coming out to the uh, festival this year. I don't know if he's on anything, but uh, yeah, he'll he's doing something around. For the... I'm, sure we'll, I'm sure he'll be in the, the audience at the, the right awards. You can... You can bug him if you've always wanted to meet him. Uh, he's, I, he's I, I think he's doing something for the Doug Red Awards, too. Well, there you go, yeah. I think. I'm pretty sure. So, it'll be uh, it'll be good times. Uh, cool. Can I can I give a plug to the website? Oh, oh hell yeah. Me? Yeah, we haven't done that. Uh, it's torontocomics, all one word, dot com. And then uh, there's a link on the front page, but there's also just, you know, slash TCAF is all of the... Uh, material that's gone up so far and uh, there's lots of announcements being you know coming and, and being made over the next couple of days uh, we actually just uh, we just confirmed confirmed uh, it looks like uh, Craig Yo who just did the Superman book oh nice is going to be coming up 
uh, now as a guest, and he's going to uh, the the, Joe, the secret history, secret identities, yeah. the Joe Schuster art book of, of his sort of racy drawings, and he's going to uh, come up and he's going to. We're doing a feature interview between. Uh, he's going to interview by Douglas Wolk on the book and on archival comics and material like that. So uh, yeah, like there's all kinds of stuff that's still coming. If, uh, if he's got that, and he's got the Bodie Rogers book from Fantagraphics. Oh, and the Bodie Rogers, yeah, he that that just came out as well. So yeah, that'll be. Uh, It'll be fun. So, yeah, if you've checked out the website already, just keep checking back every couple of days. We just keep adding uh, guests of honor and uh, programming. So. <laughs> Will you ever stop adding guests to the list? Every time I look, it's more and more and more. Uh, <laughs> keep asking if they can come. Uh, it's funny, too, because Peter and I have been kind of joking back and forth about uh, just stopping updating the website. Uh, like, just don't let people know if we're getting more guests. Uh, <laughs> Because that way, that way, people who who don't go and then hear the week after, oh my god, did you see such and such was at TCAF? Uh, and they'll be kicking themselves, and that's that's kind of almost worth it. Uh, it's to like not that. Tell people people are coming. It's like that story when Mobius showed up at San Diego. It, exactly. No. Well, we had we had the same thing happen uh, for the first Toronto Comic Arts Festival, eleventh hour. I think literally one day beforehand, we announced that uh, John Crisolusi was coming, uh, and. You know, that was a pretty big get for the Toronto uh, animation community to get them out to the Comic Arts Festival. And he brought, it was not just him, but his studio came down and uh, they were doing stuff all day. Oh, that's uh, awesome. So we uh, set them up in a room and they were actually animating episodes of, uh, I think it was The Ripping Friends at, the time, <laughs> uh, at our show. Uh, they, they was like, oh, yeah, what's, what's in this? Oh, my God, is that John Kay? Uh, and it was, yeah, it was John Kay. And he was just hanging out with like five or six animators, and they were, like, putting together episodes of The Ripping Friends at the festival. Farting jokes galore. Uh, it was pretty good, actually, and everyone was, everyone was pleased. And then 2005, if you walked into the tent, I think, on Saturday afternoon, Kid Koala, or Sunday afternoon, yeah, Kid Koala was there just spinning, like, just at his table, playing with his record player, signing books for people, and no one, like, people kind of knew that he was associated with the festival that year, but no one quite knew... Like that, he would be sitting there playing all day in front of people. Like people just walked up and like, "Oh my God, that's actually Kid Koala!" And he was just like spinning and 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 scratching. It was it was kind of awesome, actually. It was uh, it was a pretty good time. He's a pretty big comic geek too. Uh, he he's been amazing. His people uh, have been so cool to work with. We're actually he's kicking off. Uh, we have two opening nights because uh, the opening of the festival is officially uh, our event at Harborfront, which is the uh, the book event and the speaking event and the gallery show. But in terms of parties, uh, Kid Koala is throwing huge party on the Thursday night before the festival on Thursday, May 7th at Lee's Palace, where it's going to be like projected stuff and drawing and a, and a, philo, a pillow fight and like <laughs> dancing and, and music and it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. And he's just super, super into it and to come to the show. So the element of surprise is uh, part of our, uh, part of what the Toronto Comic Arts Festival is all about. See, I didn't even know about the pillow fight, but uh, uh, yeah, there's a pillow fight on the uh, website. Uh, so yeah, if, uh, if your favorite cartoonist is not listed on the guest list right now, uh, they might be. You never know; they might be coming anyway. Uh, the only way to find out is to come. Uh, still time to book tickets. Yeah, two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. I guess that's a mantra going through your head. Because <laughs> uh, people, yeah, actually, you know what? I, I managed to block it out, but people, uh, people such as yourself, or you know, people on the street going, "Ah, only two weeks left, eh?" And, <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, Thanks buddy. a lot. <laughs> Uh, yeah. That, actually, we're in, a, we're in really good shape. Uh, I feel pretty good. I just like to get uh, all the stuff that's sort of in my head that we're doing and, and that's been confirmed up onto the website. And it seems like there's time to do the work or there's time to talk about the work, but not always both. Yeah. No, that's something I hear quite often. Um, well, I think we're pretty close to nearing the end of our time slot. So, uh, 
We haven't even talked about. We only we only mentioned like fifteen of the two hundred and fifty guests that are coming. Do, do you want to do the uh, the old Steve Agee? Uh, you hear about him reading off the five thousand people or whatever? You know, no, no, read a we'll list. do that for ten minutes, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Peter, Peter, do you want to say anything before we uh, before we get kicked off here? Uh, no, no, by all means. Uh, the, uh, just uh, I guess we'll toss out a couple of names. I mean, uh, Scott McLeod will be there. Uh, yes, uh, yes, that was a uh, that's uh, the uh, the guest that is being sponsored by the library. So you know we're, we we try to work with uh, like I say with work with other organizations to bring in to bring in guests, and so they sponsored Scott McLeod's arrival. To people, I say like, how can one comic store afford to put on all this stuff? It's like, well, it's by cooperating and working with various groups. So uh, Scott McLeod's a perfect example of that. How about Paul Pope? Who's bringing him up? Uh, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> actually, you know what? Uh, it's it's a funny thing. He actually contacted us. He really wanted to come back. We'd had him uh, as a guest of honor in 2000, uh, 2007, and he was just like, he has the greatest time whenever he comes to Toronto, and, and we're always happy that we can you know show him a good time while he's in town. And so he was really psyched to come back. I was talking to him yesterday, and he was just like, this is great. I'm totally on board, you know. And so it was, uh, it was, it was, it was nice to hear. It, it, that's another way that it helps to contrast with, your average comic book convention, because people who have been, there's a certain energy to the show, a certain difference to the way they're able to interact with their readers, as opposed to collectors, and they come away from it very energized, helps, you know, that helps Mm -hmm. the creative process, but it also definitely makes them want to come back, Uh, and that's uh, worked to our advantage time and time again. I know Evan Dorkin, who likes to complain about everything. Had nothing but good stuff to say. So <laughs> yeah, I was actually. I, I'm gonna be honest. I love Evan, uh, and I was I was the, I was really pushing for him a long time to come up to Toronto, and he, he couldn't do it this year, unfortunately. But next year he'll have that uh, that Dark Horse book with Jill Thompson, so hopefully he can come back up. Mm, but, that uh, Beast of Burden. Uh, yeah, Beast of Burden. That's uh, that's looking really really good. I think those are the those are the stories in those little Dark Horse book of hauntings and book of witchcraft and stuff, right? Yeah, it's kind of uh, but it's a longer form story. I think it's a whole new. Excellent. Stuff, all new stuff with Jill Thompson drawing it. Yeah, and but I was I was actually kind of terrified of uh, what I was going to read, but he had a great time too. So that was, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I try not to read about about TKF, but I can't help it. Every once in a while, it's like googling your own name and yeah. finding out that people secretly hate you or not so secretly hate you. I'm a but douche so far, to some so good people. With TKF, uh, we're doing our best, but uh, the 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 thing that Peter was getting at was, you know, people have a good time and want to come back. Right now, you can talk to any cartoonist, almost any cartoonist, and go, hey, so San Diego's only four months away, and that's four months or, or yeah. three months or whatever it is. And they're, they're kind of already freaking out about it, and they're getting stressed about it. But I got a mail from, from I'll, I'll, I'll rat her out, I'll write, uh, Becky, Becky Cloonan yesterday. I was like, yeah, I just booked my, uh, my, my hotel, and I know it's last minute, but, you know, it's awesome, and we're going to have a great time, and, yeah, let's totally do it. And she was just, like, psyched, and she was like, booking her hotel three weeks, two weeks before the show. Whereas, you know, you talk to anyone about their San Diego plans, they're already worried about it. I, I can't believe it. I so know. I never want the show to be that for, for the people who come. Well, I know a lot of people don't even do conventions much at all anymore because they're just so sick of that stress, like that sitting there all day. And like San Diego, it's just five days of hell. <laughs> I have the best time in San Diego every year. <laughs> Probably because you're not sitting at a table all day. Uh, that's true, actually. I don't have to actually sell... Uh, actually, I sell original art uh, now for the Big Island with Peter. Mostly mostly Peter takes care of that, but uh, it's great because you just go, you know, the guy who's doing this is just amazing, and it's not your own work, so you can be really effusive in the praise and not seem like a jerk. Yeah, uh, and, and you don't have great. that... I'm on board. And you don't have that yeah. same look of desperation that comes across <laughs> yeah. at comic conventions. I'm probably going to eat whether or not I sell the original art that evening, so it's okay. <laughs> I don't have that... 
the oh. specific worry. Poor guys. And then a couple other uh, headliners you guys have is, uh, you mentioned Terry McPherson, uh, Dirk Kirk Kim, whose uh, new book looks pretty nice. Yeah, uh, I yeah. see that. That's, oh, Peter, I, sorry, I've got that. I should show you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's really, uh, yeah, he and uh, he and Ching Yang knocked out of the part. Oh, uh, sorry, here you go. John Pham uh, told us uh, kind of unofficially yesterday that he's definitely coming up. He's coming oh, awesome. Derek. So uh, he's not announced or anything like that, but uh, John Pham created Sublife and was in Moam, and yeah, he's and been Kramer, uh, he's his favorite page. for a long time. Uh, I have all my original epoxy issues I bought from directly from him back in the day, and we're very lucky to uh, have him up for when the Kramer's Ergot tour mm-hmm. came through, and uh, we've been trying to get him to Toronto for years, both for TCAF or just for something with the store, and uh, he liked it enough. He's coming back. No, yeah, d- John, you invite enough of their friends. He he was on last year uh, talking about the Kramer stuff, and he's a he's a very very nice man. I'm uh, yes. excited to hear he's going to be there. So, uh, and uh, I did want to I did want to mention uh, Anka Fuschenberger uh, is one of the artists that it's it's a little bit more difficult for us to promote to an English speaking audience because she primarily she's a German cartoonist uh, and she's coming in in association with the uh, or thanks to I should guess I should say the Goethe Institute, and uh, she's actually uh, she did W the Whore and uh, I think. W the Horror Makes Her Tracks, which is the second one. And uh, it's published by Breeze, so it's had very very small distribution in North America, but her work is phenomenal. And most of the cartoonists I've actually talked to uh, have had said, oh my god, Anka is amazing. Uh, she's a real cartoonist, cartoonist, so mm-hmm. you get a chance. And, and someone who has an enormous crossover into the fine art world, which is much more common in Europe uh, than here. But if you think of it like in the context here, someone like uh, James Jean. Yeah. Had a career that overlaps with comics, but there's a whole other world of popularity for his work. And same with Terry McPherson. Same with Terry McPherson. And so they, these people who have one foot in the comics, but also have that other foot that, uh, you know, has a certain fandom that we would love to pull into the world of comics as well. And so she's a perfect guest for us in, in sort of our outreach mandate. And lots of Canadians. Uh, yeah, um, Brian O'Malley's uh, decided to come out, which was which was really nice because... Everyone would much rather him uh, finish the sixth book of Scott Pilgrim than to come to my comics festival. So <laughs> it's very nice that he's coming. And we were actually just discussing plans about that this morning. That's going to be, uh, when we announced that, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and Michelle Rabagliati's got uh, oh, up for a so Red Award this year for Paul Goes Fishing. He's actually got a brand new book out in French called uh, uh, Paul uh, à Quebec. Paul à Quebec? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a brand new Paul book. Uh, and I'm sure it's fantastic. Uh, yeah, he's, am- he's amazing. And. Uh, so he's coming, and uh, Kate Beaton, who's sort of an internet sensation right now, and just Kate a lovely, superstar. Lovely <laughs> She's actually going to have her first book at at the show as well, which is called Bigger Ruffles, Bigger Ruffs for Everyone, uh, which is a collection of history co- comics and history cartoons. So, uh, yeah, it's just the the guest list is. Uh, <laughs> I always <laughs> uh, I always say that this is the best uh, show I would ever go to if I didn't have to work it, and uh, if this show ever existed, like I would just I would go and I would I would. I would not even get to see everything I wanted to see. So oh, I'm uh, expecting the, the, the to have fun. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, guys. Thanks, Robin. And uh, thanks very much for having us. Yeah. Yeah, this is awesome, and I look forward to uh, to seeing uh, all the stuff. What song do you guys want me to end off with? Uh, I don't. know. Well, did did you you played you started with Sister Sisters, right? Yeah. Tits on the um, radio. <laughs> I'm gonna go with. Uh, I like Joel Plaskett. I want to go with the Joel Plaskett. Peter, is that okay? Is it okay? Go ahead. Go ahead. All What's, right. Cool. What song uh, was it? everyone? Yeah. What song was the Joel Plaskett? I, uh, uh, I actually wanted uh, True Patriot Love because that's very, it's very Canadian. Uh, <laughs> oh, that <laughs> is. Yeah. I'm gonna go and eat some bacon grease after this. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. Thanks.
Thanks very much. Okay. Bye. 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 That was Chris uh, Butcher and Peter Berkmore, and uh, a nice uh, chat about uh, TCAF. I think you all need to go check it out if you can. Go to Toronto if you're on the East Coast. It's going to be fun. May 9th and 10th, I'm going to be there, and I didn't mention this, but I'm doing a panel with uh, Frank Santoro and Dash Shaw and Dustin Harbin and uh, former Vancouverite who's left us for Toronto, Robert Dayton's going to be uh, joining me too, and we're going to chat about some old comics, so I'm pretty excited about that. Frank is a knowledgeable guy, and I'm looking forward to uh, checking out what he has to say. Uh, up next, I have an interview with Jason Turner. I did last night at my kitchen table, uh, followed up by The French Connection. Um, next week, my guest will be Miss Lasco Gross, as well as interview I did with uh, Chris Brandt, who did a documentary with uh, about uh, called The Independence, which is all about creativity and comics. So check it out, yo. CITR, 101.9 FM, Ink Studs. The chances are things went too far Oh my love, why have you gone Into the arms of another one Nothing I could do could make you stay Got carried along, got carried away Got carried along and away And we all go around and we all come home But I fall asleep with the TV on At 3am Like a pro.